Thanks for joining us here on Bearcat Rewind, and here we go. It is finally game week on the Northwest Missouri State campus, and the fall sports programs are hitting the ground running this year. Football on the road at Hayes, volleyball's playing in Tampa, Florida, soccer's playing in Sioux Falls Friday, then back home Sunday. The cross-country team will kick off the year with a home meet. Men's tennis has a tournament in Leavenworth, and then golf tees off in the early portion of next week. So there is a ton going on. Get your popcorn ready and get excited for Northwest sports. And also a shout-out to the athletic department staff behind the scenes that will be very busy as everything gets underway. But if there's anyone that knows how special a week like this is in Maryville, it is Jonathan Baker. We have the former Spoofhound and Bearcat quarterback joining us today. And Jonathan could do a little bit of everything, football, basketball, or baseball. He is a tremendous athlete, and Jonathan's a winner. He quarterbacked Maryville High School to a state championship in 2012 and was a member of three national championship teams at Northwest Missouri State. And on top of that, He's a smart, high-character kid, a Maryville native. We want to talk with Jonathan about his background coming up in Maryville, but also what that first week around the Bearcat football program is like as they get set to face Fort Hayes State, the Bearcats' first football game since 2019. Now, Bearcat Rewind is brought to you by the Northwest Foundation, providing support for the Northwest Alumni Association and the university's funding needs since 1971. More information is on Facebook or online at nwmissouri.edu slash foundation. And Clorinda Regional Health Center, offering support to Southwest Iowa and Northwest Missouri each day during times of uncertainty through a local team of providers and nurses. More information at clorindahealth.com. We have Jonathan Baker on Bearcat Rewind today talking about that Bearcat culture, the prep work that goes into week one before either team has put anything on tape, and what sport he almost played in college instead of football. Let's dive into this week's Bearcat Rewind. Well, today on the podcast, we have Jonathan Baker, former quarterback for Northwest Missouri State, as well as the Maryville Spoo fans. The guy did a little bit of everything while here in town. Now he is off working professionally, but excited to have Jonathan Baker with us on Bearcat Rewind. Jonathan, how are things for you? Things are going really well, Matt. I appreciate you uh, reaching out to me and, and getting to catch up a little bit. So we go back a little bit further, since I was working a little bit TV in St. Joe, and then of course you were coming up in high school in Maryville, then on, off to Northwest Missouri State, so you guys were always so successful. Whatever football program you were playing for, I felt like we always crossed paths a lot. So I always enjoyed talking to you then, and it's kind of cool now to be a little bit different. We're both kind of old guys now, looking back at the Bearcats. So things have changed a little bit. Yeah, likewise. Um, I remember in high school... Uh, just getting to meet you and, and all the coverage that you were doing for Northwest Missouri and um, the great work that you were doing, obviously, and, and to have the success that we did in Maryville and um, me and my athletic career moving on to Northwest. And then uh, for those who don't know, uh, I, I was a media major, broadcast major at Northwest, so we got to cross paths there. And I just always appreciated your friendship and and guidance through the years, so it's it's been fun uh, connecting in these different ways. The only thing I feel like I missed was uh, not having the chance to cover you playing Northwest men's basketball because you're a heck of a high school basketball player, and maybe that's something that should have been pursued at the same time. You know, a little crossover action like um, Joel Osborne had his freshman year. You know, it's funny you bring that up. Uh, in high school. Like you said, I, I thought basketball was going to be the track for me. I sophomore, junior high school, I was very, very serious about that. I don't know if I joke with people that Northwest may have surpassed my talent level 
as Coach Mack was just really taking it to another level, I'm, I'm not sure my playing time would have seen the same success as it did on the football field uh, with how, how great that program is as well. But, yeah, I think going into my senior year is when things kind of shifted for me. And, um, you know, whether that was interest level from different, from different universities, college programs um, in, the, in the Midwest, specifically at the D2 level. But, yeah, I just I really felt like uh, the Lord kind of shifted my path that last fall. Um, showed a showed a door that kind of opened that I wasn't expecting and and ran through it. So, looking back on it, I wouldn't have had it any other way. But basketball, I'll still get my intramurals in every now and then <laughs> here in Kansas City where I'm living now. So, um, definitely a sport I can keep playing. But but football ended up being the route for me. And now the name Jonathan Baker synonymous with Northwest Missouri State football here around Maryville and. Uh, so we're recording this the week before, but as we unveil it, we are coming up on the uh, opening night of Northwest Missouri State football on the road, taking on Fort Hayes State. The Bearcats picked as the preseason number one. Um, Central Missouri and Fort Hayes both tied there in the coaches' poll at number two. As a former player, what's this week like for Northwest? The opening week, you've had all summer looking forward to it. What's the anticipation level right now? It's hard to put into words um and i'm not even going to begin to get into the mindset of where these kids are at emotionally and physically having the year that they had last year as well um so whatever whatever emotions and excitement um you feel as a player notch it up 10 times that because of how last season went so i know those guys are just itching to get on the field and i think more than anything it's just for for better or worse uh, the MIAA is is on a huge platform, and for the Division II level especially, and, and the Maryville community. So that brings with it a lot of chatter, a lot of talk. And I think when you're 18 to 22 years old, all you're thinking about now is just getting on the field, um, watching film. You know, they've been preparing for Fort Hayes week one for <laughs> since the spring, since the schedule came out. So um, you're you're not looking ahead. You're not using that extra time to, you know, what's week two game plan look like? What's week three game plan look like? You're specifically looking at that Thursday night matchup. And so at this stage, you feel like you've dotted your T's, crossed your I's, uh, if you will. And so um, I think just going out there and just having that ball be kicked off, it's, it's going to be a relief in some ways. But for these players, it's just going to be um, exciting um, to just go out there and, and show what they've done these last two years now um, since we've last seen them. So uh, exciting times for everybody in the program. So whenever you go into a week one matchup, and in this case you have two of the top, top coaches in the country, Rich Wright on one side, Coach Brown for Fort Hayes on the other side, big-time programs. How much are you sitting there saying this is what they do, and they do it at a high level so they're not going to change a whole lot, but is it also fluid on the sideline of, you know, uh, a coach throwing in a different wrinkle, knowing that, hey, Northwest Missouri State's been preparing for this all summer. We're going to tweak it just a little bit and catch them off guard. Yeah, that's a great question, Matt. I think there's a fine line between um, preparing for those situations, but also not psyching yourself out too much on what the other team's going to prepare for. So what you try to do these last few weeks uh, leading up to the first game is put yourself and when I say put yourself, I mean Coach Wright and his staff does a great job of doing this, putting yourself in those adverse situations 
where these, you know, us young players are going to have to go through them um, without any prep. So, you know, you have a game plan, you have scripted plays. Um, Coach Wright on the defensive side, he knows when they come out in this formation, um, this is this is how we're going to line up to it. Um, with that said, it usually takes about the first two drives before you start figuring out, okay, here's the wrenches, you know, here's the things we weren't prepared for, here's what they're showing us. Um, and at that point, it's just a chess match. And then when you start getting into the third and fourth quarter of that game, it's all out the window. It becomes fatigue. Um, it becomes mental, physical. So you're just going to have to resort to your training all summer and, and kind of the work you've been putting in the film room. But I think the first and second quarter of that Thursday night matchup is going to be so much fun because you have two years worth of prep um, that these coaches haven't seen from one another. And so once you get past that halftime um, it, it usually turns into a physical game, and, and you, like I said, you revert back to what you know, what you're good at, but it'll be an interesting mindset at kickoff for sure. I mean, it's it's exciting, but it's also, yeah, like you said, it's just, man, these are uncharted waters. You know, you just don't know what to expect just because we have had such a long layoff. And, you know, Northwest had a, a, had a, a practice in the spring um, with Sioux Falls, and so they got a little bit of a feel for seeing another team. But Fort Hayes State, I believe, no games, and I don't think they'd had anything like that either. So it's going to be very different seeing them hit someone new, seeing someone in a different colored jersey there as we come up on week one coming up this Thursday night. We heard from Coach Webb for Maryville High School uh, last week. Chris Roush of KQ2 did a little pigskin preview with them, and one of the things you always hear from Coach Webb is culture never graduates. But then you also look at the culture that was built by Mel Churchman starting in 1994 at Northwest that's carried to now. It's a loaded question, but why are things so much different in this small Northwest Missouri town to where the Spoof Hounds on Friday night and the Bearcats on a Saturday afternoon? I mean, it's, it's like a holiday every week. It really is. It's, it's so exciting. The fall season in Maryville is just unlike any other place. And I, I think to answer your question, Matt, it's the connectivity. Um, it's leaning into helping each other out. You know, I think when you look down the row of different small town universities, high schools, um, big time programs, D1, nobody truly leans into each other's programs quite like Maryville does. And the relationship that Coach Wright and Coach Webb have um, has stemmed through the decades, honestly. Um, and to your point of Coach coach churchma i think he understood the importance of not just bringing energy to the community members but bringing energy to that high school level because you know maryville is that place as you know that you know you kind of grow up around the area you grow up in town and you want to you want to raise a family there you want to you want to kind of keep that um generation going and so the best way to do that is to foster that at a young age and, and provide those individual camps, those programs, those fan events, you know, all that stuff. So, you know, 94 is when I was born, uh, when Mel Churchman took over. So to see, to just be, to to not know any different, you know, I think that's the really cool part about how I grew up in Maryville is, you know, getting to listen to the stories of when Northwest was 0-11 his first year, but not, you know, not having to remember it because it, it was so long ago and we've had so much success that, um, you know, to get into high school and, and to start being recruited by them. And it was just surreal. Um, and I think it just, it's a testament to how invested they are in kids, into the community. And it, it's not all for show. It's, 
it's real. You can feel it. And, um, and, and credit to the members of the community too, because they, they're the reason all of this works as well. I feel like whenever you say coach T got here in 94 and you were born in 1994, like that's like an omen, right? Like, Oh man, like that's what clicked. It was JB was born and here we are <laughs> in 2021. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, Matt. I wasn't going to say it, but you, you brought it up. But like to that point too, like I think just the little examples of this is um, not to go on a tangent, but even Thursday night football, you know, like that started because, you know, Coach T, we started getting in the playoffs, and ESPN started coming into town, and, and we didn't have lights on the field, so they would bring in their own lights, so that way we could be televised, and then we were sitting there going, well, why don't we have lights, you know, we could we could make this a thing ourselves, and maybe try to, you know, change the schedule up a, a little bit, and play a Saturday night game in the regular season, so then that took place, and the next thing you know, we're the first school to try playing a Thursday night game. And then the MIAA follows suit and makes it a, a conference-wide deal. So I, I just think Northwest has just been so um, at the forefront of all of these initiatives. And it's really cool. I mean, they have obviously the MIAA does leads in their own way as well. Um, but I just think when you go through the history, it's just much more than, and, than just winning football games. There's just so much tradition that falls in line with it that's really cool to look back on. You know, you think about certain teams, certain professional franchises, college programs, whatever it is, there's a certain coach, there's a certain um, mystique for a little bit of an era, a golden age for that one particular franchise or a program or um, or whatever. You think about Northwest and coach team made it a winner, but then it's been sustained. When you think about Scott Bostwick to Adam Doral, now Rich Wright, and we're kind of on a run that teams aren't supposed to have at Northwest Missouri State. Some people look back at the 80s and say, my team was great in the 80s. That was our golden age. Is it kind of surreal to sit back and think, like, we're living through the golden era of Northwest Missouri State football right now? And who knows how long it'll go. I mean, maybe another 20 years, but it's just crazy to think that we're right in the middle of it and enjoying it as it happens. Yeah, it is surreal. I remember going as a player, um, going through the championships that we did in 13, 15, and 16, and not really understanding that, you know, we were just, our heads were down. Uh, we were working hard every day and it wasn't until you graduated and looked up and you're like, we just won three national titles <laughs> in a five year span. And, and we'd only won three in the program's history. And that's impressive alone, you know? So I think to that point, it is, it is something that I, I really hope, we don't take for granted. I hope we understand how hard that is um, and how much love and support that the players feel from the community and, and, you know, how much pressure is kind of riding on those kids. You know, it's, it's, it's a fun atmosphere, but it is also a lot of pressure. Um, and I think coach Wright and the staff does a great job of embracing that pressure, not, not getting to the kids with it, but instead just um, leaning into it and saying, Hey, you know, not every kid at this age has the expectations that you do and you can learn so much from it and grow from it so um you know my teammates and i just I, I i think the the growth that we went through in those years of playing at northwest i think exceed you know others and other programs because of that pressure because of the expectations and um how we kind of deal with that and i think it's really admirable um to be able to say that and, and to feel it within the program each and every day. 
Taking me back to court, uh, to quarterbacking Maryville High School of Football, um, going through the success of the spoof hound, when did it pop in your head that you're like, maybe I'm good enough to play college football? I know we talked about basketball a little bit, and it, it definitely shifted to football as a senior. But a little bit earlier in your career, was it kind of a little bit in the back of your mind that maybe you could keep going past high school? Yeah, I think after my junior season is when it, it definitely hit me. Um, we were more of a running team as you know, here in Maryville, but I had a good year, junior year, and it wasn't even statistically wasn't anything great, but I think um, I just worked on my game so much in that year and mechanically and, and just the way I threw the football that, you know, stats didn't need to take me too far as far as, hey, just showing that I was a hard worker and, and could, you know, pick up the mental side of things. So I think that summer I, I my family and I really toured the – region really we just went to all these football camps and um, early on you know I'd had people kind of identify me as that division two level talent Um, so I kind of knew my place too which was nice you know I wasn't trying to be somebody I wasn't I wasn't trying to push the Mizzou the KU the D1 camps I was just hey this is where I'm at I want to see how far I can push this Um, so you know I did I traveled all the all to all of the MIAA schools um, some of the um I think it's the Great Lakes Conference, some of those schools, the Grand Valleys, the Ferris States, um, the U of Indies, and, and just got exposure. And, you know, whether some of those schools were interested, some of them weren't. You know, I got some offers. Some of them, some of them didn't look twice, but I think it just showed um, that I was willing to put myself out there. And the feedback I got, the response I got, really helped lead me into that senior year of playing at Maryville. Um, and then Coach Webb showing up was obviously a huge factor as well coming in with that college coaching experience that he had he was really able to help me navigate that recruiting experience as well as trust me and and he let the passing game open up for me that senior year so I was really able to just take off and and had a lot of great um, talent around me to do so Um, and obviously winning that state title senior year it was it was awesome but you know I'll never forget when coach Doral offered me Um, a scholarship for the first time uh, after camp going into my senior year. So um, Northwest was the first school to come in and believe in me, and um, I never forgot that. I definitely wanted to do my due diligence and and see what all was out there, but uh, at the end of the day, it was just that commitment that I'd I'd felt from them, uh, knew they believed in me, and um, I wanted to honor that. I thought it was a cool thing and, and always dreamed about being a Bearcat. I mean, who doesn't growing up in Maryville? So um, it was just a really, I look back on it, it's just such a surreal uh, opportunity that I had. So Northwest, always in your heart, and you you became a Bearcat, so you can safely say this next part. You can answer me honestly. I I won't mind. Was there any point when you go to another camp, you get an offer to where maybe you're, you're leaning a little bit away from Northwest just briefly? Because I remember talking to Jerry Partridge about you, and, and Missouri Western wanted to bring you to St. Joseph. So was was anybody else ever in place seriously there? Yeah, there were there were a couple places. Um, as I mentioned, you know, I was I was touring around the MIAA, and I think I'd let on pretty early that as much as Maryville meant to me, as much as the Northwest program meant to me, um, that didn't intimidate me. That didn't scare me to go off and try new experiences. And so I really wanted to experience the full recruiting 
um, for all it was. I didn't want to just, you know, dive out early and say, oh, Northwest offered me, I'm going to take it. I really wanted to see, you know, if they were offering me because I was a quote-unquote townie or if, if they really, you know, trusted in, in the abilities that I had and um, knew that I could bring forward. And so, you know, going around to different schools was just that. It was exactly what I needed to kind of see where other programs sat at the time. And, and so, you know, I, I'd received a couple offers um, that made me think twice. You know, they had some good pitches. Um, and I know, you know, I'd taken visits to Mo West, like you said, with Coach Partridge, um, UCM, Washburn, um, and a couple others. So it, it was it was worth my time, I, as I said. And, and some of them I was, you know, I think kind of serious about. You know, I, I, I took all of those offers and visits very seriously. Um, and so that was cool to kind of have Coach Doral um, come in, come into our house, you know, kind of sit down with me and, and really, you know, give the Northwest pitch and, um, you know, show that passion for the community and show where, where um, he believed in me and, and the staff as well. So I think at the end of the day, I wouldn't change anything. Um, I, he probably thought I prolonged it out a little bit too long, but we always joked about that, but um, it really was beneficial for me. And, you know, just gave me peace of mind that I was making the right decision. You know, I wasn't sh- taking any short corners and um, truly evaluating all my options. Because as I mentioned, you know, I thought I was going to play basketball up until my senior year. So I really just wanted to sit down, um, pray about it, be with my family, and, and just figure out what the options were. And I know, looking back on it, because of that um, due diligence that I did, I made the right decision. Well, then you come to Northwest. And throughout your career, I mean, the quarterback rooms consist of yourself, Trevor Adams, Brady Bowles, Kyle Zimmerman, Zach Martin, among others. I mean, how special were those groups that, with the talent and the football knowledge among those guys? So we actually talk about that a lot. And the reason we talk about that a lot is because we, we still talk to one another uh, quite a bit. We, I remember my redshirt year. That's when, you know, Trevor was going through winning his national title in 13. It, it was very tight-knit, and for as competitive as it was, and obviously you had other quarterbacks in there that you were constantly battling. And uh, But that was kind of the recruiting pitch. You know, you're going to come in here, you're going to have to earn your spot, nothing's going to be given to you, um, and you're going to be better for it in the end. And you're going to form tighter bonds and relationships by doing that. And so to have, you know, Trevor being a senior captain leader, he was when I was a freshman and then Brady Bulls coming in and, and watching how that dynamic played out as they were kind of splitting some time and then watching Kyle Zimmerman come into the shoes of, of Brady Bulls and being just a year younger than him and then having Zach Martin transfer in and, um, and we're still close to this day and <laughs> talk all the time, just, chatted with them yesterday actually and so it was just something that even the coaches would tell you was player led you know I think it was coach inspired coach encouraged but it really was something that the players led uh, if that makes sense you know just like from an old from a young age watching Trevor and Brady's dynamic it just filtered down and so I think there's a lot of um, pride in that of just knowing how we handled that competition, how we handled our friendship off the field. Um, Cause as you mentioned, there's a lot of, a lot of egos in that room. There's a lot of 
intelligent minds in that room. So to be able to navigate it the way we did, I think it's so admirable. And, um, you know, we just, we just had fun. And, and looking back on it, the relationships that we were able to f- uh, form through all of that was just, um, you know, there's really no other environment like it. And, and the bonds run really deep with, with those group of guys in that room. We stacked up a ton of wins between Maryville High School and Northwest Missouri State, now out in the professional world. Uh, what's Jonathan Baker up to nowadays? Yeah, so I'm uh, in advertising and marketing, marketing downtown Kansas City uh, for a company called VML Y&R. Um, they're this really big um, kind of corporate scene um, where we have a lot of fun and exciting clients that we advertise for around the country. Um, and so I've been here for two years now, um, since I got back from Europe. So it was one of those opportunities where I shifted my focus towards the end of my college career and really wanted to lean into the marketing advertising side of things, um, because of just the fun experience I've had touring different companies and agencies and, um, just knew that was something I wanted to lean into. So, um, I got an offer from them um, just this last spring. And so I was so excited to be able to take that. And um, the last seven months have been definitely different, as everyone knows, with the, the climate and environment out there in the world being virtual. But it's just been so much fun. And uh, just enjoying Kansas City, obviously seeing a lot of Northwest alumni around the, around the city and being able to catch up with old friends. And so it's just been a really cool experience. Well, it's cool to have you still back within the Midwest, back in Kansas City, and just a stone's throw from Maryville to be able to, to make it up to some games. And, and yeah, so I told you before we went on, but there was quite a bit that I had to talk about that I'm like, well, we should probably make this a, a two-parter and, and come back around for a second one because we didn't even touch on playing football in France and Finland and being overseas and, and what that was like. So we'll bookmark that one and come around to that for Jonathan Baker Part 2 down the road here on Bearcat Rewind. Uh, but just a couple more to wrap up with you real quick. Top highlight from your playing career, when you close your eyes, you see it over and over, what play is it? Oof, what play is it? That's a really great question. Um, you know, I think if if I were to say a play, um, I would definitely say in high school, you know, the the state championship game, uh, against John Burroughs and Ezekiel Elliott, um, I was able to to bootleg out and run a, I think it was like a 30-yard touchdown to seal the game. So that was that's definitely a moment or a, an actual play, you know, that I, I just will always go back to. Um, a moment will definitely be in 2016, the uh, Ferris State um, semifinal game at home at Bearcat Stadium when I was able to come in um, as a junior when Kyle Zimmerman got injured um, in the first quarter and, and uh, just helped the team contribute to that come from behind victory um, to send us to the national championship, which we obviously won the next week. So that those, those two moments are something that you, you put in so much work. I mean, you're training 20 plus years uh, to play the sport that you love. And um, those are just two plays that I'll always carry with me. Um, two moments I'll always carry with me because I, I know the work that I put in personally. I know the support that I had around me. Um, and it's just a, 
yeah, there's a lot of pride in, in those two moments. Well, so to go back to the high school state championship, I mean, I had Ezekiel Elliott's name jotted down, but I'm like, I feel like every time I bug him, I mention that he beat Ezekiel Elliott. So I didn't want to, I don't want to beat that dead horse, but obviously you did even, I mean, he had a good day there and of course in the NFL, but I mean, that's pretty impressive to put on the resume. Uh, and then that game against Ferris state, obviously they've proven over the years that they're a good program that's going to hang around. It's a 35, 20 win at Bearcat stadium. That was not an easy ball game. I mean, they had, at least one, if not a couple different NFL guys on that defense. You had to step in in a difficult situation. It, playing in December, I mean, that was a big-time moment to step in and, and push Northwest to past Ferris State there in the playoffs. Yeah, that I, I would say that, that that's just a, such a um, prideful moment for me because of that situation. Like you said, it's in December, it's cold, uh, you're back up, you're just sitting on the sideline, you're trying to stay warm, but as a quarterback, you know, um, trying to stay mentally engaged as well. And I think it was more of a, not even just my play on the field. It was just, just my preparation. You know, I'd always, you know, you're a backup for four years and, you know, yeah, you'll get in the game here and there because of blowouts. And, and thankfully for Northwest, I got to play quite a bit due to that. Um, but all of a sudden you're, you're in crunch time and, and you're down and um, you just start reverting back to your habits. And, and how you kind of train yourself. And to your point, Matt, from your earlier question of the quarterback room, you just you see how guys prepare each and every day um, who are older than you. And there is. There's only one starter in that room. So how are you going to come in and handle yourself, prepare yourself for the game, knowing that, hey, I'm not going to run out there the first play of the game. But, you know, I might not even be in the game plan. But at, at any point in time, it, it could be my turn. And so I think that was just more of a – a testament to the people around me that has showed me, you know, how to prepare myself, how to put myself in the best position to win and and for myself to go out there and just lean on my teammates, not try to do too much, understand that game specifically, what our game plan was, what the defense was doing, just validated all of the work that I had put in um, those four years at Northwest to get myself ready for that moment. And it was just so special. When you look back at it, and this is a, this is a tough question too, but is there one person that you can point to, or maybe a couple coaches that you look at as the biggest football influence in your life? Mm, that is a tough question. Um, there's a couple, you know. I think um, the biggest one I would have to say, though, is um, as I was growing up, would been. Um, Coach Houchin and Coach Webb at the at the high school level, um, and I say that because Coach Webb just came in his sen- my senior year, and Coach Houchin had already been there um, for a lot of my for my whole career, and so Coach Houchin and I just really formed a really awesome bond um, at the quarterback position, and and him being the offensive play caller, and then Coach Webb coming in with his college um, intellect and experience but leaning into the community, leaning into the kids. And I know he's born and raised here, but to come in and not, not change much, you know, he understood where we were talent wise. He understood where I was in my progression as a player. And instead of trying to impose his will, instead of trying to come in and um, throw a wrench into things, because, you know, he's a head coach. He has every right to do that. He instead just trusted coach Houchin, trusted our offensive 
personnel, myself, um, and I really believe that's what turned the corner for me in my in my college career because I, I think before that, I don't think I was um, set up in the best position to get recruited collegiately. And then after my senior year, the, the way he kind of handled that offseason and, and put me in a position like that that fall, um, I think – that's what really turned the quarter for me as far as the looks that I was getting, the offers that were coming through. So uh, I will always appreciate that time my senior year of him coming in and just trusting um, all of us and, and obviously his leadership, him and Coach Houchin's, um leadership was just something that I'll always, always take with me. And then uh, not to make this answer too long, but uh, Chris Grison was another one. So I know you know that name from oh, – yeah from the 1998 team and I was able to connect with him um, my sophomore summer, I believe maybe even sooner. Um, so to not only have a guy who is amazing at what he does, just a tactician at the quarterback position between mechanics and, and the mental side of the game, but to have someone who experienced the D2 level um, and and to know what that experience was like of, of leading the Northwest Bearcats onto the football field, um, he was just full of knowledge, full of insights, and just somebody I could really lean into during my career. So um, we always had fun training sessions and, and just a really fun friendship that formed through that experience. That's so cool. Like Webb and Houchin, I mean, they've been here, the success. I mean, you know, Maryville guys, they're right there. But then to throw Grison in there too, that's mm-hmm. that's awesome. So love to see that connection there too of, the Bearcats getting together, but also, too, just guys that have done so much football-wise within the Maryville community. Um, that's that's pretty cool. So last one I'll leave you with, then I'll let you go, Jonathan. If you were to put your last head coach at Maryville and your last head coach at Northwest, Matt Webb and Rich Wright, and you had them go through an NFL Combine style of workout, who do you think would put up better results? <laughs> Oh man, you know, I saw Webb the other day and he's looking pretty good. He's lost some weight. He's getting in shape for this fall. So he might be coming back into the fold, but I feel like Coach Wright, he's always been such a fit dude. And I know he has weightlifting coach, coaching experience from back in the day. I think in the 2000s, he was, he was the weight coach for a while before Joe Quinlan came in. So if he's still got it, I, I might have to lean Coach Wright, but I know Coach Webb's going to, going to push his luck with with all the the recent workouts that he's been doing as well it'd be it'd be a good battle i feel like that could be a great off-season um you know charity event or something like that i've just kind of <laughs> put the guys through the ringer i think you've just got a good idea matt for for what we <laughs> do next summer with those two we'll see if they're up for it so <laughs> jb thanks for the time it's always great to talk to you hopefully we can do it again and if you come up to a football game we'd love to chat with you then too but um Keep up the great work there in Kansas City, and we'll chat with you again soon. Absolutely, Matt. I've always appreciated our friendships over the years, so um, thanks for reaching out and and looking forward to coming and saying hi to you when I'm in Maryville watching the Bearcats play. Thanks again to Jonathan Baker joining us here on Bearcat Rewind. In case you missed it, our guests over the last few weeks have included Tim Hanna, a former Northwest Missouri State track and field athlete who was working the Olympics national broadcast in Orlando, Florida, 
Laney Joseph, a Northwest Missouri State women's basketball player who went on a mission trip to Kenya over the summer. Reagan Dodd, a former Bearcat tennis player. Matt Canella, the current head athletic trainer, and many more. So check out those archived podcasts. Thanks to Alex Kurt, a Northwest Missouri State professor, producing our intro and outro music. And thank you for listening to Bearcat Rewind. I'm Matt Tritton. We'll talk to you again next time.